this is going to be our actual, for real, first episode. Uh, I'm Chris. Oh my god. I know, right? Uh, I know. And I'm one of your co-hosts. Uh, I've been a designer in the game industry for, man, like eight and a half years now. Jesus. Been a long time. And joining me is... Uh, hi, I'm Sam. I have been in QA in the game industry for about six years. Uh, I think, what? three and a half of those we worked together right sounds about right yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah so we're we're both long time uh, uh trading card game addicts uh played magic together quite a bit and and talked oh, yeah. about it uh and so today we are going to be going over kind of a, a baseline intro to one of the most important elements of magic uh which a lot of other games pull from this core feature as part of their identity. We're going to be talking about the delicious, delicious color pie in Magic. Mm. Yes. Uh, so as to why we're starting here, uh, basically every other game has either a direct analog to this or uses it as inspiration to tell you how. So Eternal and Artifact both have literal colors that inform their design the same way it does in Magic. And in Hearthstone, classes serve the same kind of functional purpose as colors um so we're going to start off with a quick overview of magic as as a game in case you are not aware uh it's a game where two or more players starting with a library of 60 cards uh in standard play uh sit across from each other and basically take turns uh casting spells until either one of you has no health left or one of you attempts to draw a card when you have no cards left in your library or your deck. Uh, there's a couple other win conditions that are unique to cards, but for the most part, those are the two win conditions in the game. Okay, so the colors in Magic are commonly referred to, at least by longtime players, as Wooberg. Uh, what the hell is Wooberg, Sam? Woo! Uh, so Wooberg uh, stands for white, blue, black, Red and green. I'm sorry. Do you do you know how to spell? Because blue definitely does not start with a U, my friend. No, yeah, but it's the third letter. It's fine. Uh, but no, De- uh, definitely the second letter. <laughs> What's the third letter? Blue is the second letter in the color pie. Oh yes, but uh, the the U <laughs> in the color pie is the third letter in blue. Uh, because yes. Black... Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, because yes. black and blue they share a couple letters, so you know. Yep. Wizards so it's basically make it made up for convention, uh, yeah. and this is the order they appear in the back of the on the back of a card. Um, the reason they appear that way is that there's actually a like mechanical, mechanical is not the right word, flavorful tie between the various colors that is represented in the mechanics. Um, so kind of the way that breaks down is uh, the colors that are adjacent to each other are called allied colors, and the colors that are not adjacent are called enemy colors. So white's allies are green and blue, uh, and its enemies are black and red. Um, For the most part, this is not like a hard and fast rule, but it does inform a lot of like what mechanics they have access to or what things they excel at. Uh, So things that are allied tend to have synergistic benefits. So as a shorthand example, white and green both use creatures, so they can kind of put stuff together that makes them feel pretty good. Uh, and black, not quite as creature heavy, uh, a little more on the murdery side. Uh, so <laughs> and white kind of, when they go together, that's for really specific reasons. Uh, so so kind of, why why do you think, as a design, the, the kind of Wooberg color pie exists? Um, yeah, it's... The the lead designer of Magic, uh, Mark Rosewater, is very uh, fond of saying, uh, you know, restriction breeds creativity. And that's the biggest, I guess, the biggest tool that the color pie gives to Magic designers is um, it really gives a clear delineation of what each color can do and what uh, kind of secondary and tertiary abilities they share with their uh, neighbors in the color pie. And it just gives a clear identity to each color. It also serves a benefit to players. Like if we sit down across the table from each other, and I'm playing a deck that's got red and blue in it. You kind of, it's not totally blind, right? You may not know what I've got in that deck, 
but you've at least got a guess as to kind of some of the stuff I'll be able to do, right? You may not know exactly what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it, but at least you're like, okay, I might see some creatures, I might see some flying, I might see some spells that are going to do specific things that are going to recognize. I think I'll see a lot of spells. Yeah, you might you might see just a handful of spells in that deck. Just 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 a slight amount, and maybe some yeah. creatures that care about spells. Oh yes, a few of those. If anyone who's familiar with Magic's current pro scene has. Uh, noticed with the uh, um, phoenixes running around or in modern with storm oh yes um, anyway we have yes, we have devolved on. let's get yeah. back to colors <laughs> um, so we're gonna go around the color pie and kind of talk about each color in depth and we're gonna go in wooberg order and Woo. that is never gonna stop being fun to say so i recommend you just say it in random conversation but even no context just say wooberg at random people will not think you're strange i promise or just Probably. call it wub 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 the first three colors of that are the only ones that matter, so obviously, no, blue is blue is a terrible color for terrible people, as we will get to. I mean, I was going to agree with you. The first three colors are the only ones that yep, matter. Yep, no, You're that's correct. why. Yep, he plays a lot of blue. Yep. Uh, and is a red and green person. That's, uh, can't stand it. Um, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, so the first color in the color pie is white. Um, white is going to be stereotypical. Like, if you think of flavorful ideals that you connect with white as a color that's going to be what white kind of is an exemplar of it's you know angels it's this kind of like key creature type angels and soldiers yeah angels uh, and I humans yeah. yeah angels angels and humans um but it has some mechanical features that are kind of interesting in that it's got a lot of focus on healing or restoration uh, it's got ways to revive things it's got ways to heal the player, uh, often with a secondary effect. Uh, common ones running around now is heal for three and draw a card for what, like one and a white? Yep. Which is real good. Real mm -hmm. good value. Um, it's got a lot of really small creatures. So basically anything that's not like your your angels is going to be reasonably small, and you can play a lot of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of those on the table. Uh, and so it kind of focuses on, on this overwhelming structure. Um, and to go with that, if it's behind, it has access to a lot of what we call sweepers. Um, it's the stereotypical uh, remove everything from the board because I don't like how it looks and I want to start over. Uh, it's yeah, got a lot it, of that. From the earliest days of Alpha Magic, it has like the number one spell where everything is called a wrath because the original was called Wrath of God, which simply destroys every creature. They cannot be regenerated. No, they can't, they are can't forget super, that second part. <laughs> super duper dead. Yes. Yeah. There's the wrath is is so powerful in its original format that there was literally no response to it in a lot of cases. Like you mm -hmm. can counter it, and that was it. <laughs> I think yeah. for the most part. Yep. Uh, like there was there was no interaction with it beyond that. So white is very much about, hey, we want to take control of the game, and if we're not in control of the game, we want to play a different game until we're in control of the game. Mm -hmm. A lot of that going on in white, and it synergizes well with things that kind of accentuate that. So there's you know, other colors that kind of pull from that. Uh, and this is kind of even more heavily shown in its keywords. Uh, short aside, a keyword is a word on a card that is a shorthand for a specific rule. So the first one we're going to look at is Defender. Defender is a creature that can't attack uh, it's only allowed to block, but whenever you see Defender on a card, sometimes you'll see it with uh, some text in italics next to it, which is called Reminder Text, um, which we thought about calling this podcast for a, a brief moment before we had <laughs> a better idea. For a very, very brief second, yeah. I still thought that was pretty good. It was um, pretty good. But that Reminder Text tells you what that rule does. So if you see Defender on a card, you know exactly what it means, and they don't have to print that long rules text every time. They tend to print it on cards where it's the only thing on there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Defender, for instance, uh, it occurs in blue, white, and green, but it is most prominent in white. Yep. It's also, Defender tends to appear on cards where they have a lot of toughness, so they're, they're mm -hmm. very hard to destroy just with the image. Like the zero um, power and six toughness. Yep. Uh, also, speaking of toughness, something that will not be familiar to our Hearthstone and uh, Artifact players. And, oh, right. And Eternal, Eternal works the same way Magic does, I believe. Yeah. Um, creatures that take damage, that damage goes away at the end of the turn. So, the phase, end of the turn. Turn. 
next turn. Okay. I never think about it because like you tend to do everything all at once when you play kind of more aggressive magic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so for example, if I block a creature with three power with my zero six, it's gonna take three damage, and then my turn his turn's gonna end and it's gonna be back to zero six. Uh, this is kind of a really powerful feature of magic that kind of controls how you think about combat. Uh, but it also means that defenders are really valuable for giving you time to get control of that board. Especially flying defenders. They are yes. choice. Flying defenders are basically the kings of blockers. They can block functionally anything, mm-hmm. and they tend to have kind of enough toughness that nothing gets through. Uh, you have to either remove them or really overrun somebody. A lot, of, a lot of creatures called going wide. Hey, Chris, we mentioned flying. What is flying? Oh, Flying is a keyword. Oh, do we have reach on here anywhere? I didn't even think of that. You being green, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. We we'll get there. We'll, uh, get, we'll there. get there. Uh, it's relevant here because flying, a creature with flying, can only be blocked by another creature with flying, or a creature with reach, uh, which only means it can block creatures with flying. All reach does. Um, so flying is part of what we call evasion. It's creatures that can't be just universally blocked. It's a really useful keyword. It's also the most common keyword in all of Magic, as far as I can mm-hmm. tell, uh, on like 1,800 unique cards. Um, it is in only a handful of colors with any prominence, uh, mostly blue and white. Um, also black. It's it's less represented in black than, than in blue and white, though, I think. Black also has demons. Red. Which, red right, every dangerous. color has some flying, right? Everyone, yeah. everyone has some of it, because it's such a common keyword. Yeah. But in, especially in more limited gameplay sets where, oh, if you're only playing with the newest set or the newest three sets, which is called yeah. standard, if, you're, if you don't have a good flying representation or let's say white has a bunch of angels in the set, which is not uncommon. If you're it usually playing, always does, yeah. It usually always does. If you're playing red in a set that didn't give red a bunch of flyers, you need to have answers to flying. Like It's a, it's a thing you know you're going to run into. And you can't just assume you can block it with creatures. So it's it's definitely a useful keyword that is such a core part of magic that everybody kind of is aware of it as a rule. It's it's so ubiquitous that it actually makes up the most common version of the drafting archetype for players mm-hmm. who are like playing we're gonna build a deck out of the cards we find in this pack. It it is the quintessential you can't always block this card. And white also has a lot of that. Yes. Yes. White has a lot of it. I think blue is the only color with more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to go with flying as another thing that's pretty pretty hard to deal with is indestructible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this used to be a little easier to understand because more things used to say destroy, mm-hmm. um, but it does it it specifically counteracts effects that actually kill creatures, whether it's damage or destroy. It doesn't work on sacrifice, which I learned the hard way uh, weeks ago. <laughs> it um, also doesn't work on giving a creature negative toughness. That is correct. Yes, which is also can, a thing that can happen in magic. Yes, you can you can reduce it to zero without doing damage, but it makes mm-hmm. it immune to damage and kill. Yes. Uh, which is most of the ways you deal with creatures, realistically. Stuff yeah. doesn't give a lot of mi- minus toughness is not a very common effect. Yeah, uh, and forcing someone to sacrifice a creature is also not a very common effect. Yeah, that so comes. See... Indestructible leads into another kind of strong theme in white over the years, which is um, incredibly difficult to deal with creatures that can have effects on the game. Like, oh, it makes your opponent's spells cost more, or uh, it has some static effect on the game, and it's hard to deal with, or it gives all of your other creatures this static effect that's hard to deal with. So uh, white is very much the color of sticking your creatures and basically bringing down the law on your opponent. Yep. White white has a very roadblock feel to it, where it's mm-hmm. not stopping you from doing things, but it's very much in the way all the time. Yes. And it's very good at that because it has uh, keywords that kind of facilitate that. Uh, mm-hmm. Another good one is Vigilance, which is whenever you attack with it, it doesn't have to tap. So it remains able to do other things. It can use its abilities. It can block still. Uh, yeah. So it's it tends to be a flexible color 
at getting in the way. And anytime you can shut down what someone wants to do, you get a lot of leeway with like when you can do stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a, a powerful signifier of white. Uh, its other keywords are uh, very much more obvious. Lifelink is whenever it deals damage, it heals you. The, its owner for that much controller. Yeah. Uh, whoever's whoever's driving it controller. right now. Yes. Heals. Yeah. Um, whoever did the attacking. Wh whoever yes. did the attacking. Yes. Uh, gets gets life equal to the damage it dealt, uh, whether that's to a player or another creature. It doesn't really matter. Um, and it also has uh, either first or double strike in a lot of cases. Uh, first being that it does combat damage before everything else um, in, in a phase called first strike damage, which only gets used when something has first strike, mm -hmm. or double strike, which has both first strike and regular combat damage, so it hits twice, uh, which is a woefully underused keyword in a lot of cases. And it is extremely potent. Yeah, there is a yeah. reason it is underused, because... There's there's a card in, in the, the current Guilds of Ravnica set that is a 1-1 one, one for 3 that has like keyword salad on it, one of which is double strike, Oh yeah, and it's so good. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna put a one one down on my third turn. Yep, it's still super awesome because you just yeah, and then put you, one you buff start, on it and it's killer. Yeah, you start slapping some equipment on it and, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, nuts. Yeah, that, and that I think that covers kind of White's whole game plan, which leads us natural segue, uh, which yeah. is the year is me. Uh, into the worst color in the best all of color. Magic. The, the best color in all of Magic. The worst color of all Magic uh, as Garfield it. intended it. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. So <laughs> this requires a little context. So blue is the next color. Blue is heavily the spellcaster color. But mm -hmm. it's a specific kind of spellcaster. Because it is the spellcaster of logic in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And the reason it is the spellcaster of logic is that it focuses on interacting with player. So instead of doing stuff to creatures a lot of the time, you tend to do stuff to the player. And a lot of that happens in when they're playing. So it can be a really frustrating color uh, on, on purpose. It can be a satisfying it's, color. Because the most common thing blue is known for uh, and not everyone would agree with me on this, but it is countering spells. And I swear if someone says, the thing blue is best at is drawing cards. No. It is best at Preventing other people from playing the game. I would argue um, green is secretly the best card draw color, but in certainly in more broad formats. But I think yes. in, in in standard in, in the kind of formats that most people will be exposed to, mm -hmm. especially as new players, blue is going to be the color that has the most obvious card draw. It's going to be lots of things that draw cards, and it's going to be lots of things that counter spells. Yeah, blue blue is the the color where you will most often find a card that literally just says draw some amount of cards no drawbacks no nothing yeah the two most common effects to just find by themselves on a blue card is draw x cards or counter target spell mm -hmm. is, or is, both Delicious. or both yes there are several cards that are both uh which is miserable um <laughs> So countering is a thing you can do when someone else tries to cast a spell, which basically says that spell doesn't work, but they still pay the price for it. Yep. Um, which is, there are some cards where that is especially potent because you have to do something as part of casting the card. Black mm -hmm. has a couple of things. Like, as, a, as part of casting the spell, you have to sacrifice a creature, and then someone counters it, and you're like, can I have my creature back? Nope. No. Nope, that's gone. Uh, the cast is used up, the mana's gone. The, never the, coming back. the common occurrence with blue when you're playing against them is you say, I'm going to play this spell, and the blue player says, nope. Yep. yep. Just the color of nope. A lot of, a lot of magic players will make a joke of, does it resolve? Looking at a player who's completely tapped out with no cards in hand, knowing that, <laughs> good lord, something could possibly go wrong. Because it turns out there are ways for blue to, <laughs> to counter, even with no mana and no cards in hand. So... They have not done that in years. <laughs> because uh, they realize that is a... Untap wizard counter a spell. Well, yeah. thing that still can happen in Commander, uh, but isn't really relevant for Standard. That's no. true. Uh, they've definitely toned it back a little bit because blue as an oppressive force is yeah. very unfriendly to new players uh, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. The other thing blue is great at is having flying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's got a lot of creatures that are hard to block. Uh, as its primary kind of offensive force, and it stops you from playing the game in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. uh, and it definitely 
playing against a blue player is kind of where you learn the nuts and bolts of like really playing magic at a higher level. Yeah. Um, it, it will, player is it will give you, you a, you play the game. Yeah. It will give you a quick crash course in how the stack works. Uh, actually we should probably cover the stack. Yes. So that's an important element of how magic magic has a really important mechanic that none of the other games we cover, have, uh, which is called the stack. So well, anytime e- eternal has it a little bit. Eternal has it a little bit, but it has so much fewer things that can respond mm-hmm. at stack speed. Uh, so Eternal has a concept called fast spells, yep. um, which is very specifically only on certain types of things. So there's not as nearly as much. Magic is, for its enfranchised players, well known for tons of things going on the stack and then people having to figure out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way the stack works is when a spell is cast, other players get a chance to respond by casting other spells that happen at instant speed. The instant and interrupt are the only two speeds you can use here. Correct. Um, well, yeah. Interrupts or, or, became or, instant, but yes. Or yes, or something that has a specific keyword, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, when this happens, it goes on the stack on top, and anyone who's got some computer science background will see where this is going real set, real fast. Players take turns responding until they both say they're done responding, basically. Then the stack revolves in reverse order from which it was played. So the last thing that went on the stack is going to be the thing that happens first. First in, last out. Yes. So the most famous example of this that Wizards has been using to teach the stack for eons is I have a Grizzly Bears in play. It is a 2-2. It has 2 power and 2 toughness. And my opponent plays Lightning Bolt, which deals 3 damage. The stack has now started. So I have... There's a Lightning Bolt on the stack that's going to do 3 damage to my bears. Oh no, not my bear. The way you would save those bears is you would cast a spell that gives them 2 more toughness. Somehow. The most common way is Giant Growth in this example. So that goes on the stack, and it says target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So the way the stack resolves then is giant growth happens, and my bear is now a four, four. And then lightning bolt does three damage, leaving it with one toughness. Now, the reverse can also happen if you're mm-hmm. you know, attacking with your bear, and you're like, aha, he didn't block. I'm going to make my bear a four, four. And they can respond to your playing giant growth. And Deal since three damage. Or since we're talking about blue, oh, you can target it with the giant growth, and then blue can say, No, you aren't. I'm gonna return that bear to your hand. Yes, there's there's a there's a, a lot of different options for how to do that. So yes, since we're in blue, uh blue has lots of different ways to interact with creatures that are not destructive, strictly speaking. Yeah. Uh, most That's of actually one of blue's biggest drawbacks is it has a hard time dealing with creatures. Um, yep. Like, the most it can usually do is return them back to your opponent's hand, and then from there it can try to counter them or something, but it doesn't have any straight, like, dealing damage or destroying creatures outright, like White had with their sweepers. Um, so that's why a lot of times when you see, like, control decks and magic, blue will pair up with one of those colors, like white or black or red, that's good at dealing with creatures. Yep. Although blue has been getting better lately of doing something that's a very similar analog to killing, which is exiling. Um, a little bit. That's not as prevalent. Yeah, that's more whites. Yeah, exile is more white playground. Yeah. Um, But blue blue has been getting those, and exile works. Exile removes the card from the game. Yes. Like like as if it was not, as if it has not happened anymore. As if it no longer exists in your game. Yes. Yes. Can't be targeted by things. It's out of the game. There are a small handful of things that interact with Exile, and they usually are specifically to that card. Like, they'll Exile something, and then you can do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's we'll get, pretty We'll rare. get to that when we get to red. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, we should go over Blue's keywords real quick. Uh, Blue's biggest keyword, the one that is most blue in nature, <laughs> flying, which we already covered, is Flash. Oh, yeah. Flash basically says... You can play this card as if it was instant. So normally, things you can only do when it is your turn and your main phase, uh, like playing a creature or a sorcery, uh, if it has flash, you can just do it 
whenever you want to. Just, just whenever, man. Just put it on the. They can't even stop you. Just put it down. Really counter <laughs> you. You're playing blue. Well, uh, uh, that is... that gets to the point of why uh, somebody playing blue likes flash is uh, they can just do nothing on their turn, and then uh, if there's you know no spell that you know they want to counter from their opponent or they don't want to bounce any of their stuff, they can just say, "Oh, okay, I'm still going to use my resources and cast this flash creature on your turn." Yep. It basically allows the blue player to insert themselves in. Um, basically, they get to take their turn whenever they feel like it. Uh, which feeds into that uh, kind of like uh, intellect and you know knowledge based uh, playstyle that uh, blue is defined by. So, from a design perspective, I'm going to say something about blue here. Don't you Often say something overlooked. bad about blue? It's, no, it, unfortunately, I wish it was. Um, <laughs> blue is a really important color to understanding magic because if you played only, if you took blue out of the game you could almost remove the stack from the game yep. and it would be basically the same game. There's mm -hmm. a handful of cases where that's not really true, but blue is the color that makes you think about turn order and the stack and when am I going to do something? When is something okay to do? It's, it's what turns magic from just, we take turns playing cards and whoever puts the biggest thing on the board wins the game into, okay, we all have to think about when are we doing it. It's what creates the bluffing game and the mind game. And the some players will say that black is also good at doing this, but black is good at doing this because it's a neighbor to blue. Mm -hmm. um, blue is blue is the quintessential color that does this well. So when you when you think about when when Sam said magic as Garfield intended it, this is kind of what he was talking about was that it the game is not a battle of wits if you only you take blue out of the game even if no one's playing blue the mere mm -hmm. existence of blue in magic is what lets you think about the game the way we do yeah. um, and i think that's a really important tool that even though blue is the worst color and should be deleted uh <laughs> nobody gives it enough credit for color. Ugh, god damn <laughs> um there's 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 some some contention to that mm -hmm. um well and uh and this this kind of conversation reared its head in standard over the last few years where wizards of the coast, the people that make magic, they kind of, um, they dialed back blue a bit and that turned into a standard format that a lot of people didn't actually enjoy playing because it was just a lot of mid range creatures just smacking into each other and there weren't a lot of answers and it was all very creature focused and like the thing you've seen recently with some of the like uh back-end changes they made in their design team and like how they balance formats and things is blue has gotten a lot better recently and, and i think there's, I, I don't think that's a coincidence there's also an important scale that is tough and, and magic is struggling with this currently is that from a balance standpoint, blue blue forces everyone to engage with the game mm -hmm. at a at a more moment to moment level. So you, it's not I put my creatures down, I turn the man's left and attack, and then we someone on the blocking end has to figure it the hell out. And then math, math is for okay, blockers. Math is for blockers. And then after that, it's your turn, and then you turn the man sideways, and we take turns doing this until whoever has less dudes dies. Yep. Um, which is which is what standard was for couple of formats there oh yeah um, it's miserable even even with the presence of black and white and red all having a lot of spells that do things at instant speed that you care about um because the way the formats kind of work is that when you you aren't playing in a format where you can build your deck ahead of time magic has a lot of the uh, a big presence of, of what they call draft which is mm -hmm. or, or sealed uh both of which is you build your deck on site out of packs they give you effectively um it's almost always better to have creatures because they're consistent. They, you know yep. exactly what value you're going to get out of them. So the removal from blue as a power source there uh, means that creatures are even better. Yeah. And they could have they could have solved this by making red and black better, but those have like way different consequences. Of mm -hmm. they can also play creatures and just be good at murdering other creatures, which just yeah. is kind of you get black red as a king color set. I mean, yeah. 
Hour of Devastation had this problem a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, although Hour of Devastation had a problem of indestructible creatures in red that gave super crazy buffs. <laughs> um, well, so... Hour of Devastation was also about the blue, black, red bad guy coming to power, so it makes sense that blue, black, and red are the best colors. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. say, from a flavor perspective. Yep. Anyway, uh, has... back to blue. Anyway, yes. Blue has <laughs> other keywords. Honestly, the other keywords are not nearly as important or identifiable to lose personality as counter flash and flying um, um so. hexproof is pretty important um it's yet another uh version of evasion for creatures which uh, a lot of blue creatures are focused on being evasive they either yep. can't be blocked or in hexproof's case they can't be targeted by your opponent's spells so or abilities yeah or abilities they, they, they your opponent cannot touch target them. yeah they, yes when, when, when a card says target you can't point at something with hexproof. No. If it doesn't say target, it will work. By a graphic uh, white, Yes. Which is why white is really good at dealing with blue in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, these, those keywords are definitely secondary. Blue is an evasive color. It tends mm-hmm. to be kind of hard to deal with their creatures unless you've got sweepers or lots of you know, big damage that you can just puck out. Or, yeah. you, or you always swing for more than they do. Right. If you're always winning the trade, blue is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does lead us to our next color, who does not care what kind of creatures you have. It just no. it so does not matter. Uh, black is the next color, and black is when we said white was all the stereotypes you think of for white. Black is the stereotypes you think of for black. It's yes. death and decay. It's graveyards. It's zombies. It's undead. It's demons. It's liches. It it all cares about stuff. itself more than any anybody else. Whereas white very much cares about you know the the groups of creatures and like you know the the uh, uh the needs of the many over the few black is just out for itself it only cares about itself no matter the consequences black, black also has a lot of cards with prices on it so for anyone mm-hmm. in hearthstone who is a big warlock fan black is going to be your color black is yes. going to be you know warlocks in hearthstone have their hero power is Pay two health, draw a card. I think uh, anyway, it sounds right. To that. Yeah, it's, it's similar to that. Um, and huh, I that is that is basically one of Black's like big cards. Yeah, I mean, is... demonic tutor is what pay two health, find a card. Uh, that's vampire. Or no, but um, yes, vampire tutor. I'm sorry, whatever. But yeah, uh, where Less we said tutor. where we said blue a lot of the time will have cards that just say straight up draw this many cards. Black will have cards that also say straight up draw this many cards, but also lose that much life. Yeah, they, they tend to pay a price for it. They yes. also have the reverse to blue, which is they force people to discard, throw things mm-hmm. away. Um, they, or they, they also have or they you know their... oh, go they go and look at their opponent's hand and say, oh, that's those are some nice cards you got there. Discard that one. Yeah, they they tend to be kind of like heavily denial focused, and their their creatures are good. Their creatures sometimes have drawbacks, like they end up like tapped, or they, you know, they they take damage when things happen, or they deal damage to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ways that they can hurt you, um, or they're oh, that's also they're the more thing expensive we, than you would normally think. Yeah, the thing we covered with white was that like their um, their like iconic creatures are humans and angels, and then with blue we didn't cover it, but their iconic creatures are like merfolk, and then like sea creatures and like flying drakes and things like that and then black Amorids. All... yeah <laughs> crab people merfolk god damn it uh but then uh black is all about zombies and demons basically uh and to go with that they a lot of their creatures have ways that either when they die or if you sacrifice them which means destroy them to do a thing mm-hmm. um lots of things that kind of interact with those effects uh they've got the least keywords but their keywords are also the most obnoxious. So yes. uh, the, the two keywords that are Black's primary keywords are Death Touch, which is any amount of combat damage this creature deals is enough to kill another creature. Um, yeah. So for Hearthstone players, this is Poison. Um, and they also have Menace, which means they can only be blocked by uh, what? Two Black or more creatures. creatures. Or oh, two or more creatures, I'm sorry. Intimidation's gone. Yes. Um, yeah, so... So when they attack, you have to commit 
multiple creatures to stopping them from swinging. And if that creature has death touch, they're yeah. going to die. It's yes, just all bad. Also, this does lead to an important thing about how combat damage is assigned. Uh, so if multiple creatures all block my creature with death touch, I can choose to deal one damage to each of them for each power I have. So if I have a three power, one toughness creature, and you block it with three creatures for any number of reasons, mm -hmm. I can just choose to do one damage to each and they all die. Yeah. This is a really, really obnoxious keyword. Um, Especially when you combine it, it with other keywords. It gets yes, ridiculous. Kind of use it in, in concert with the thing. So, for example, uh, in the latest Guilds of Ravnica set, uh, the black-green combination has the uh, was it Ocharan Assassin, which is a 1-1 one, one with Death Touch that says, uh, this creature must be blocked by all available blockers uh, when it attacks. So, it swings, and if you can put any buffs on it, you can just take out a swath of creatures, which mm -hmm. in black-green is not hard. Or um, if you have a spell from white that gives a creature first strike, you can do yes. first strike death touch damage, which will kill their creature before it can ever do any damage to yes. that creature. That's, that's a really common tool in the black toolkit, uh, mm -hmm. is the splash kind of colors that give you ways to keep your death touch available or make it super aggressive. Uh, for example, if you can, uh, uh, another really obnoxious way to use Death Touch is there's lots of equipment in the game that says tap this creature, deal one damage. Uh, Death Touch <laughs> works my on favorite. that. So you can just destroy creatures. Just, mm -hmm. just tap this creature, destroy another creature. It's really, really awful. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's, an, uh, there's an infinite combo white deck currently that uses a version of that that's not Death Touch, it's Lifelink. But it's, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can kind of use these keywords to create a small number of creatures that are an overwhelming force uh, yeah if we hadn't made it clear black is the color of death <laughs> yeah black black has lots of ways to kill creatures and very frequently it can benefit from killing opponent even beyond just removing the creature mm -hmm. uh it has you know ways to reanimate creatures or steal things from graveyards uh or bring things out of its own graveyard or black famously had was the kind of the premier color for uh Dredge, which was a style of casting that was, oh, you can just remove cards from your own graveyard as part of the casting cost instead of paying for it. It's my favorite um, yeah, uh, It's, it's Delve, but better. Yes. Because uh, it works on the non the non colorless part of the cost, too, if I remember correctly. Oh, no. Uh, no, you're thinking of other things. Oh, I'm thinking, uh, I'm, th I'm, th I'm sorry, Dredge is you can cast it, what is it, cast it from the graveyard by exiling no, stuff? No, uh, Dredge is, instead of drawing a card on your turn, return this to your hand and put X oh, number of right. cards from your deck into your yes. graveyard. And then thinking, shenanigans ensue. Yes. Yes, Dredge, Dredge is, you can just keep playing this card over and over. Dredge, Dredge basically says uh, your graveyard becomes your hand. Yeah, it's, it's real bad. It was real a bad. very big mistake. As, as you might notice, Magic has a lot of keywords, and they do oh, yeah. lots of things, so it's really yes. easy to get them mixed up, especially when they all start with the same friggin' letters. Yeah, um, when, when a game has been around for 25 years, it turns out it gets complicated. Yeah, the keywords we're talking about are ones that are called Evergreen, which is one in any set. Um, mm -hmm. There are they many have... more keywords. Well, and even the Evergreen keywords have evolved over time, and like they've dropped off a bunch, and they've added some, and um, yeah, like... A lot of those blue ones we were talking about haven't existed for a while. They're so looking relatively at the, the new. Whole, looking at the whole keyword list, by the way, there are oh god, one hundred and thirty-two keywords currently. Yes, that are currently represented in the rulebook. Uh, so that's as of October fifth, which is the latest set. Yeah, um, not including the reprint modern master but set. But there's maybe I don't know, ten to fifteen evergreen ones. I had to think off the top of my head. And, and in any given set, there's probably only about 10 to 15. So yes. there's there's like a soft rule that it's not always true, but like when they use a new, when they either add or bring back a keyword, they tend to not use an evergreen keyword in its place, right? Like flying's always going to be around, so that's that's a, I mean, an exception. The, the evergreen keywords will be there, but if there's something that's like similar to it in the set, they'll like lay off of the Evergreen keyword. There might be like one or two cards that have it. Right. But I, I mean even in a, like a broader sense, there's a lot of cases where like they'll use less of the Evergreen keywords mm -hmm. if there are new keywords 
that they want kind of in that set. Yeah. There's only so many rules you can kind of keep track of at a time. But like a good example is uh, there's a new keyword in the uh, black and blue cards in Guilds of Ravnica that works kind of similarly to another one, but it's it lets you put stuff in your graveyard on top of what it already does. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost none of the original keyword, which is scry. Uh, and instead, basically everything that would scry has what's called surveil, which is just scry better. Yes. Um, except that you throw things away instead of putting them on the bottom of your life. So some of that is different. But... Mm-hmm. And some of these keywords like no longer exist, like horsemanship, not a real keyword anymore. That was a keyword book, for for one set. One one set, yeah. It's flying, uh, it's but better. 30, it's on thirty cards, thirty six yes. cards. Um, anyway, yeah. back to colors. <laughs> yes, um, so yeah, that's black. Uh, so next is one of the two best colors in Magic, hands down. Uh, not a discussion. Like it's just a, a rule. It's it's in the Magic rulebook. I'm pretty sure it's like seven hundred one. Um, it's in red the top is the best four. Color. Yeah, it's in the top four. Wow! There's only five don't even start with colorless colors in brown's not a color. Uh, um, top four. Maybe top three. Wow. Wow. Only because you can play red and blue together. And black. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> not Jeff's guy. Um, so red is very straightforward as colors go. It is heavy on doing damage playing creatures that do damage, or playing cards that make your creatures better at doing damage. <laughs> that is, all of the things that red has are do damage, do more damage, draw things that let you do damage, or play things that let you do damage. It's, there's there's a, a an, an adage about learning how to play magic as a red player called the Path of Fire, which is your health is just a resource because the player who wins is the one who doesn't have zero. You yeah. win the same if you have 20 or if you have one. Hey, hey, Chris. Uh, Chris, is. you know what you sound like? What? A blue player. A blue player. God damn it. Uh, red one and is blue not zero. Are, red, red and blue are very similar colors. They just tend to be... A way that you would describe this in other games is that blue is the dishonest version of red. So blue does, <laughs> by doing kind of sneakier, disruptive things, what red does by just punching you right in the nose. By just smacking you with a sledgehammer. Yep. So or red, a lightning bolt. Yeah. Red is red is the home of one of the most eponymous cards, lightning bolt. Uh, mm-hmm. Three damage for one, which does not exist anymore. Oh, it is too um, good. Way too good. Um, as it turns out, the ability to kill someone for nine mana is... I'm sorry, seven mana is mm-hmm. just too good. Um... That is because that is that is basically how a red player looks at the game is how much mana do I have to spend yes, to get rid of all a, of the numbers on your side of the table? It is and, a damage to mana ratio. Yep. Uh, and red is the other color alongside blue that changes how you think about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, because red is no longer how do I keep them from hitting me? It is what is the way I can make every turn so that I take less than I do? Um, so you tend to look at red as like, okay. I'm going to put enough stuff on the board so that every time I attack with my creatures, my opponent has a series of bad choices and no good options. Or uh, the other route that Red can take is I will attack my opponent faster than they can attack me. Yes. Yeah. You, or sometimes you give them no choice. Yes. Also, uh, that's, the, that's the best version of Red. Yes. Uh, that, that is less prevalent these days, not because Red is any slower, because the other colors are getting faster. Mm-hmm. Um. White, white has become much better at dealing with red's aggression, uh, which is why the two are paired very often these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the color pairs in the most recent set. Um, blue is still kind of bad at dealing with like low to the ground real fast, which is yeah. what red is just the best at. Green is pretty great at dealing with it still. Black mm-hmm. can't really muster the, the removal to do that, but it's much better at playing creatures these days, so it's you know it's a little little closer than it used to be. Uh, and it's white definitely place. become a much more creature-focused game. Yes, the, ga- the game has moved towards interactions on the game board and not just in the spell part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and partially because they're trying to make seeing the game a more interesting part of it. And yeah. it's really hard to show someone the stack as like, an interesting thing. Like You can do something really cool 
in magic that to other like enfranchised magic players is really neat. Like an example was I was playing a format called Commander uh, last week with some people from work, and I got to play a deck where I got to take infinite combat steps in a row. Oh, you're the and worst. to the four of us sitting at the table, it was like, wait, how? What? Okay, walk me through that again. And oh, that's super cool. You win. Let's play again. Uh, and like, it's really hard to show that like on the board. And it's also not very interesting at like a an interaction level because it's one person getting to play by themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, it's one, like, oh, it's we one lose. person okay. sitting there repeatedly tapping and untapping cards. Yeah, and it's it's basically <laughs> solitaire where three people have to watch you play. Yes. Um. And so they've you know there's a lot less of that. And the move to creatures is kind of partially to facilitate that. It's also why blue was made less oppressive when it was, because at the same time red shifted more creature heavy at that same mm-hmm. time. Um, that shift has moved back a little with the more recent set. Uh, yeah. Red and blue, especially because they're paired together now uh, in this set, they have a lot more do damage. But they've mm-hmm. kind of counterbalanced that by having creatures that care about when you cast spells or how many you've cast mm-hmm. so that you kind of have to do both. Um, which I think is a really good kind of place for that to be in. Um, insofar as like making the game more accessible to new players, and because the stack is really kind of hard to explain, so it's priority. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of which we're gonna go into more yeah. depth here now because we've already been a whole going can of worms. That can be for forty-seven minutes and have two colors left to deal yes. with. <laughs> uh, okay, so before I get farther off, uh, one of the other things Red is famously good at is what are called combat tricks. Um, Sam, what is your favorite combat trick? Uh, it's a green one. Okay. What is that? Uh, giant growth, which you mentioned giant earlier. Growth. It gives a creature okay. plus three, plus three. Yep. So this is an excellent way to talk about uh, combat tricks, which is, let's say I'm playing red, and we'll use the most recent set, because it's got a really good one. Um, mm-hmm. Sure strike. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> plus, what is it? Plus three, plus zero, and first strike. Oh, yeah. Uh, for like two. It's really yeah. good. Um, so the way a combat trick works is I send a creature to attack, and it might be generally a neutral attack or even a disfavorable one. It looks like an error, and my opponent thinks he's so clever. Like, I'm going to block that, and I'm going to come out ahead, because this stupid brain-dead red player totally screwed up. Ha! I got that him by the short hairs. Bad opponent. <laughs> yeah, never never assume the red player is just making a critical error. Because... Always, always assume the best of your opponent, never the worst. Yeah, that's... You can't hope your opponent's going to make errors because when they don't, you're just disappointed. Because uh, yeah. what happens is he's blocked with his, I don't know, 5-2. Mm-hmm. Call it whatever it is, 5-2. Against my, you know, 1-1. One, one. Doesn't matter. I send a goblin in there. But I tap 2 mana and I play Sure Strike on my goblin. Well, my goblin is now a 4-1, but it has First Strike, so it gets to swing first. I get to kill his 5-2 and keep my goblin, all for the price of one card. Uh, which is a great trade. That is fantastic. And we commonly call anything that's like that a combat trick, uh, where you basically do something that looks like a mistake and then turn it into an advantage when your opponent tries to capitalize. Yes. Um, blue is the antithesis to combat tricks because they tend to, to make those blocks anyway and counter combat tricks. They don't want to lose the creature. Or they um, let you waste your combat trick by, you know, returning the creature that it's targeting. Yes, to its there's hand. there's lots of there's lots of ways. They tend to force you to throw away a card for a price of a card, basically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they get multiple cards out of you for that. Uh, like if you destroy my goblin and the combat trick fizzles because you countered it. Because you like blocked out. and then like yep. countered the combat trick that you're expecting and then Yep. You and can, usually you can the blue often, player like, will have drawn a card and <laughs> Yep. So, so red red relies on understanding what your opponent can do in the worst case scenario if they understand mm-hmm. what you're doing, um, and sometimes this works out great for you because if you've got a combat hand, you can just swing, and your opponent knows you have a combat trick, and they don't really want to stop you because they know they're going to lose their creature, and you're just racking up damage on the board that yeah. they're not doing anything about. You know, you can get four, five, six damage out of your one-one this way, mm-hmm. just by leaving mana open, and that's a really potent tool, right? That's a, red. Red is almost as much of a set of mind games as blue, but only when your opponent is smart enough to know how dangerous. You are. Yes. <laughs> so you get to turn you get you, the the wise brute is kind of what red is, um, 
red also has a really common keyword uh the only time the color that has it the most uh it's haste most of the time creatures can't do something to turn you play them but red creatures that have haste can do do stuff immediately uh (laughs) if you have haste and flash it's really obnoxious um play it right before declare attackers and it's declared Yep. Um, it's really, really dumb. Suddenly uh, creature. So, yep. And red is the only, not the only color that can give haste, but it, there's not a lot of haste in other colors. Uh, mm-hmm. Green has a little. Black um, has a little. Black has a little, but it's all very special case stuff. Yeah. Uh, and blue has almost none, or it has to come from like a red paired card. Uh, and white has specific creatures that have haste. Like they tend to be like creature, like, non-human creatures like dogs sometimes mm-hmm. will have haste or horses will have haste uh in white um they tend to be like they have to either be synced up with red or green to get that haste and it's yeah it's a very powerful tool because it's super disruptive because it's it's resources you can spend to get an immediate effect mm-hmm. and it really ties into like the overall flavor of red being like the overly emotional color like it yep. acts on impulses and uh yeah it is it is the color of action red red is red is best signified as played like a lightning bolt like it it strikes hard it strikes fast and it is devastating mm-hmm. and you you really have to respond to it like you can't just let a red player do their thing that's, yeah. that's a mistake but then on the flip um, side red is also the color of ridiculously dumb goblins <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can play goblin decks. I mean, I've got an yeah. Infinisqui deck that's <laughs> stupid. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the other thing we covered with uh, the other colors, kind of their iconic creatures. Red has, uh, like, their small iconic creature is goblins, and then their big iconic creature is dragons. Yep, to nobody's surprise. Yes. What, not kobolds? Zero ones that can be mana? No. <laughs> not, not been a thing in a long time. No, it's all about goblins. Um, all about goblins. It's goblins and dragons. Those are the yeah. two the two eponymous red creatures. They tend to have some elementals too. Mm-hmm. They've got like lightning elementals and fire elementals. Um, but if red is the thinking man's rushdown color, oh yeah, our final color is the not that it's green the color is, of beef. <laughs> green is the beefiest. Green is. How big can I make this one creature, and how many times can I hit you in the face? Let's call it a fifteen-fifteen. Uh, yep, and that is that is a small creature for some green endgames. Like it's, yes, like green has one of two ways to win. It is either infinity elf, yeah, uh, which is a very specific subset of game, mm-hmm. uh, which tends to focus on their other main thing, which is resource amplification. They tend to get they turn a small number of resources into a lot of resources very fast. Yeah, very uh, fast. Commonly called ramping. Um, mostly due to how the color curve looks. It's, it's like a ramp and you want to go up it very fast. Um, um, Actually, it's based off of a card rampant growth. Oh my god. <laughs> get off. Oh my god, get out. But seriously, that's where the nickname came from. Was yes, I, I understand where the shorthand came from, but it also has to do with the <laughs> color curve. Which, uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Um, <sighs> get out of here. Uh, so. Green is problematic because its big creatures also come paired with its iconic keyword, trample. Uh, Sam, what is trample for those of us who've never had to deal with this? Uh, trample basically says any damage that the creature would do that uh, is over the amount that would be lethal to a creature. So let's say I have a 5-5 five, five with trample, and you have a creature that has two toughness. It will do two, tough, uh, it will do two damage to that creature... And three damage to your face. Yep. So it, it makes already big creatures just just terrible to, to block. Because because the only answer is destroy it. it you, yeah. you really are. If they've got a big creature with trample, you have to destroy it. You you um, either destroy it or like throw away three of your creatures to kill their one. Yeah, and even even then, like by the time a a big trample, right? By the time a big trample creature is something you're thinking about blocking, and when they tend to come down, like. This is you. You almost don't even have the board state that you can be like, "I'm going to trade these creatures for that one." You, you just yeah, no, it, it is just terrible. It is a terrible yeah. decision to make. Like one of the one of the decks I play, uh, 
deck that uses a creature that is every time you uh, cast a spell with a kicker, which is a, a special secondary cost, uh, it gets plus one, plus one, or plus three, plus three, or something ridiculous. Hilar mm-hmm. uh, Fire Fletcher, if anyone cares. Uh, and he has Trample natively, so he's like a 3-3 three, three base, and no one cares about a 3-3 three, three with Trample. Who cares? Uh, but then all of a sudden, he's 11-11, and you're like, wait, hold on, what? Uh, none of and, my blocks are good. I am, and none, I am of, and none of your blocks yeah. are good. The game is over. Because right? he's going to deal 8 damage like yeah. that turn. There's nothing you can do about it. And once green has an 8 health lead, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Very hard game. Uh, because they tend they tend to have decent defensive options for some of the more evasive stuff. Uh, they've got like stuff that can block flying, uh, even though it doesn't have flying. They're spiders. All of the spiders. Just all, all of them. All of the spiders have reach. I think I, I think almost every spider has had reach from green. Yeah. Pretty close to. And, and then man, their other hard. their other very iconic keyword that is defensive and offensive is fight, which is amazing when you have giant like five fives and eight eights where fight just says my creature and your creature do damage to each other they're not attacking or anything it's you can do it before you attack or after you attack and oh yeah your creature just dies because mine punches it in the face yep and those cards tend to be cheap like a lot of the fight cards are one or two yes they're they're like prey upon i think is two uh or is it one green uh one yeah the the one I'm thinking of is the uh the new one from the uh, Kills of Ravnica mm-hmm. is is two. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah that I think it's I think it's fight a flying creature. Yeah. From a design perspective, that is to deal with the fact that green is very heavily creature focused and they want everything in green to be focused around having your creatures out on the battlefield. And yep. um green does not have destruction spells it doesn't have damage spells it has my creature punches your creature and then i punch you in the face with my creature and the designers over at wizards know that at even at medium levels of play you're not going to just throw creatures into green creatures hoping that mm-hmm. it'll be okay so this gives green a way to remove problematic things that they otherwise couldn't because almost all of their ability to deal with a creature is either through forcing it to fight making the opponent have to block or else. Or mm-hmm. they have removal that is very type-specific. So they can they can remove enchantments and artifacts very well. They've got a lot of cards that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the shorthand for that effect is Wreck, wreck Sage uh, yep. for a lot of players, because that's the creature that, when it enters play, it does that. It just destroys one of those two things. Mm-hmm. Um or they can destroy flying creatures. They've got a lot of a lot of like destroy target creature with flying. Yep. A bunch of things in green that do that. But uh, recently they have started in a lot of cases. stapling those two cards together, where it's destroy a creature with flying, or destroy an artifact and enchantment, or sometimes both. <laughs> yes. Uh, I uh, one of the cards I play in is Hull Breach, which is destroy an artifact, or destroy an enchantment, or destroy an artifact and an enchantment. Pick one. <laughs> That's like, an old card. Get that out of here. Come on. Yes, it's an they old card, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a modal card where it just means destroy an artifact, destroy an enchantment. That's it. Uh, yeah, so green green is going to be the, one of the shortest things we talk about, because green's real easy. Green is yes. green is play creatures, make them big, swing the, swing the mans. And then, um, as we discussed, it's all about either... Uh, resource amplification or giant creatures which is um highlighted in their uh kind of specialty creatures uh because they're like they're little creatures uh like their iconic little creatures are elves and elves usually create mana and give you more resources and then their their big iconic creatures are hydras giant giant hydras or worms Mm -hmm. or behemoths yeah, uh, you green's, get the gist. Green's common, yeah, green's common game plan is play a few things on turn, you know, one, two, three, and then turn four, play a thing that everybody else would wish they could play on turn seven, and well, just on turn four, play a thing that you n- you normally couldn't play until turn six or seven, but because of yep. all the elves you played, you can play it on turn four. Yep, and that's that game plan is it's it's especially good for new players. One because it lets you focus on the turn order and just learning to play the game 
-hmm. And it still lets you interact with the game in a meaningful way because you still care about when you cast your spells and when you play your creatures and what's the blocking look like, things like that. Because green, it's really easy to throw away a game as green by like, oh, he'll do damage to me, so I'm not going to attack yet. Just turn the man's right. Swing at him. (laughs) It's much better. Uh, And that makes for an interesting design space where you have to think about it, but the right answer is often your first gut reaction is wrong. And that's a really Mm -hmm. fascinating kind of place to be in. Um, Green's kind of one of the only colors where that's actually true, where your, your first instinct in some cases is the opposite of what the color wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, where it's like, Oh, I want to be careful. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, act before I see what my opponent wants to do. And green is just, no. Yeah. Green, green cares a lot less about your opponent's game plan. You shove the green, big man green is opponent. about making your opponent play your yes um green green is the creature version of blue mm-hmm. blue is we're gonna play my game green is no we're playing my game yeah because you have to answer and blue tries to do that in a lot of cases but man it's one or two creatures squeak, squeaks through and that game gets real nasty mm-hmm. that's why blue green is such a potent color combination yeah you you can play a decently sized creature and then next turn you counter someone's response to it and oh boy it's yeah. just a real you just long play slog. you play a giant creature and then your opponent never gets to play any creatures yep and these these situations are going to sound real plays the other three games we are planning to cover here because boy howdy uh if you've ever seen a magma golem come down free like well i hate my life yeah uh, that's exactly what green is doing they're yes. they're playing magma golems for free. Yeah, basically. Yep. And that's a that is an old Hearthstone like 1.0 reference, but damn it, it's still good. Uh, so yeah, uh, and that is that is all five of the colors. And boy, we uh, we talked for uh, longer than I thought we were. I thought we were short on content. I w- I wanted to cover some of the multicolor stuff, but uh, we have been recording for an hour, and we're gonna have to save that for another episode, uh, which I guess yeah. is a good curse to have, right? Um, it's almost like there is a multicolor focus set that's coming out in January where we could cover all the multicolors and and I think maybe that's the time we revisit cover all ten of them Yes. Um, so that's a thing to look forward to Uh, I don't know what our next episode will be I think we're going to try and color the cover we're 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 going to try and cover the colors in one of the other three games uh, or classes if we cover Hearthstone next Um, Mm -hmm. so that's a thing to look forward to uh, yeah. but I think with that, we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap up here. Um, yeah. so, now, uh, now to get down to business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now business time. Uh, this is the, this is the part where we have to, to pimp out the podcast. Um, so, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can find us, uh, at shuffle up. Uh, if you yeah, want to follow exactly us on that. Twitter, you can find us at, at shuffle up cast. Uh, you can find me at, the real keyens.com uh, <laughs> god damn it hold on let me do this again hold on wait hold on i got this i'm an adult no i'm leaving this in this is great oh god damn it uh you can find me at the real keyens k-e-y-e-n-s uh and sam where can they find you you can find me at that qa guy because i am that qa guy that sounds right mm-hmm. uh we have a discord that you can get to uh invites are open uh, just go to discord.shuffleuppodcast.com. Uh, it'll send you right to the, the Discord link. Uh, yeah. And if you want to follow us on Anchor or any of your favorite podcast sites, just go to www.shuffleuppodcast.com. Shuffleuppodcast. Uh, I'm going to get that wrong so many times. www.shuffleuppodcast.com. Uh, that'll take you right to our Anchor page. You can see all of the services we're on. Uh, so feel free to subscribe. Uh, Tweet at us if you have a question or want kind of us to talk about a specific subject. You can reach out to us at uh, questions at shuffleuppodcast.com. There you uh, go. You got can... it. Yes. I got it that time. I knew I was going to get it eventually. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap up this episode. So it's been a, it's been a real, real good time here. I'm looking forward to doing more of these. Uh, mm-hmm. and, looking forward uh, to talking about all the card games. And hopefully we can do this uh, every week. Although I think until the new year starts uh it's gonna be tough because i'm gonna be out of town next week yeah this uh, is an awkward time to start a podcast 
Yeah, well, you know what? They can listen to this episode a couple times and try and get all yeah. of the, the, the oh. details here because we the, ended the quality, it quality times. content. Yes. <laughs> it's a stream of consciousness. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back kind of early in the new year. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll record a, a nice big session and toss out like a double header or even triple, depending on what we got content wise. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to, to talking to everybody again. Bye. Bye.